This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey folks, this is Brian O'Halloran. You may know me from such films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, and a whole bunch of USQ films. And you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes, all can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, a date late, but definitely not a dollar short. We are going to go back to our regular format. You know, we did the best of 2023 last uh, week. Episode won't be that long, but we got some things that we want to talk about. There's definitely some news to talk about to start us off for the new year with our talk topic not being in a review this week. We're gonna save that for next week. But this week, we're talking about something major that happened in the world of Marvel Studios. Beautiful words that we've been waiting to hear for quite some time that should have never been out of the mouths of Kevin Feige, and that is canon. We're gonna talk about the fact that two of our beloved characters are returning less than 24 hours now in Marvel Studios' latest series known as Echo, which is a follow-up to Hawkeye, and we're focusing on the character Echo, which is like a really badass character, mind you, but it also features the return of Wilson Fisk and Daredevil. And not only are they returning, but it's now said that it is the actual characters from the Netflix series. This is not, this is not gonna be separate versions of it because here's the thing, we all knew when, when Daredevil and Defender series first started that it was already connected to like pretty much phase one of Marvel. They kind of factored it around, revolved it around the Battle of New York and the Battle of Harlem, if you will, which is for those who don't know the Battle of Harlem or don't remember, the Hulk versus Abomination. And if you watch Luke Cage, they reference that all the time in that 
series in the first season. So we're going to talk about what this means now for not only the Daredevil series, as well as other Marvel Cinematic Universe series, because we got into that conversation on social media again about certain other shows and why, you know, they should matter or shouldn't matter, but we're going to talk about all that then. So really exciting times. Again, we're just 24 hours away from the premiere of the five episode series of Echo, and we're going to get down to it. But before we do that, there's a lot of great news to talk about this week. Nothing really darker, sad or jaded this week. Thank goodness. We're going to start it off awesome. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. folks we are going to start off with some great news and that is from the series the last of us we all knew we all know how great that series was it was so great it generated fans from not even that aren't even gamers like there are people who are watching this show that didn't even realize that this was based on a video game and they just found it very compelling and a, an incredible story and it generated so many views and so much popularity it was one of the best shows of 2023 bar none and it was celebrated yesterday because it received eight emmy awards um this is absolutely phenomenal for a lot of reasons um this is a great step for video games indeed because we're finally getting we're we're at an error and for those like all you gen z people and and, and millennials and all the stuff who didn't grow up in the 90s like I did and people in my generation did you guys don't know what the hell bad movies are or bad adaptations are like we grew up in the 90s where like they were trying they didn't have the budget and technology to do what we're doing right now so they tried to do comic book movies like captain america and and punisher and and um a lot of things like there was it was way more misses than hits back in the 90s and when they tried to do video game movies we got today we got super mario brothers with um you know the cgi version back then we had a live action adaptation of super mario brothers that did not live up to any standard by far i mean if you want a bad movie you know party to you know do add that one to it you know um there's a lot that i can list but you know a lot of people are a little bit spoiled with some of the things that we get today because today we get absolutely great production value. We get great quality adaptations of video games and comic book movies now, and we've come a long way. And I always, I always tell people like, if you really want to understand what really bad is, go back and watch Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Go back and watch a lot of those, you know, shows from back then that couldn't do anything that these movies and shows are doing today like you guys don't truly know what bad is until you grew up in bad times and you luckily will never have to grow up in bad times in terms of you know bad quality and produced adaptations but now we're at the stage where these are becoming award-winning 
series and movies. And The Last of Us was just another telling of this because The Last of Us is based on one of the most popular video games in PlayStation's history. And well-deserved. And in fact, let's go down of all the awards they've won. Like, more specifically, Awards won for Outstanding Guest Actress, Storm Reed. You also guys, you guys also know her from Euphoria as well. That episode was phenomenal. That episode was so incredible. Uh, outstanding Guest Actor. I knew when I saw that episode and everybody saw that episode and it was one of the best things that, like in terms of just best storytelling, acting, everything. This was Nick Offerman's best performance he's ever done and that's not that's not slighting him at the least he's done a lot of great comedy he you know we know him from parks and rec he's done a great a lot of great comedy over the years this was like the first time we've seen him in a drama and he committed incredibly to this role and this is this award is absolutely well deserved and i knew when he finished with this episode, we looked at this. A lot of us looked at this like, oh, if he doesn't get an award for this performance, it, I'm, I'm calling foul. Good thing we don't have to because he got that award for that. They also won for uh, for picture editing, main title design, prosthetic makeup. It's phenomenal. Those, uh, those, uh, those costumes were just absolutely fantastic. Sound editing and sound mixing. Um, I, was that it? And visual effects, of course just a great now granted the funny the funny part was um you know from the actual show's main characters they got slighted unfortunately they were up against some big competition but there's no take it takes nothing away from the entire show's performance and, and what they've done they took on they took home the most emmys uh last night apparently so kudos to them and this is what i always have to say because when I see stuff like this, I see accomplishments and milestones like this. God rest his soul, but I gotta toot, I gotta be the one of the people to toot horns are here. If only Roger Ebert was still alive. And I know people of this new generation doesn't know who that is. He was one of the greatest considered, one of the legendary movie critics of our time. Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert were all had a, you know, they were one of the originators of. You know, um, you know, movie critics before there was the internet and every and, and Rotten Tomatoes and all that stuff. We relied on two people that had a huge platform because back then there was only three channels. <laughs> There's three, six, and ten here in Philly, which means ABC, NBC, and CBS, and those were the major VHF channels that we had. And then there was, you know, um, P P um, PHS which is basically, you know, the local, I, I don't, I don't think it was local pretty much. It was like, um, it was a nonprofit, you know, they did like a bunch of, you know, local shows. They had Sesame street on air, Julia Childs, all the stuff in there. But at the movies was one of those shows that was on air and people watched that religiously because these guys let you know whether a movie was thumbs up or thumbs down. And they were the only critics aside from critics that you would see, you know, read on the newspapers and all that stuff, but they were the ones they were able to get, you know, the platform 
to review movies on a normal basis and give a critique and we would see them on tv at the time there was not that many people on tv doing it so the fact that they were on tv they were able to critique movies and people you know gave you know gave them high praise because they were being seen on tv in millions of uh homes so when you when you have that type of platform when nobody else has it then you're able to control the narrative to some extent and back then people don't think consciously we don't have we don't use critical thinking like we do now and a lot of times whatever they say goes if a movie's good people will want to go see that movie if a movie is if they don't think a movie is good people will most likely less want to see that movie back then but later on roger ebert uh he he did come uh fell to some type of disease um you know that led to his uh, untimely passing but that didn't stop him from you know giving his opinion and one of that one of his opinions was that of video games he did this editorial which you can still find you can still find and i believe the title of this was video games was not art and when i first heard about this i was immediately as a gamer and a artist, I was immediately offended because, at, first of all, yes, you can you can critiquing a movie. I don't know his actual background. Never really known uh, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert's background in terms of film and and, and understanding filmmaking and whatnot. But they had the platform. But it's so one-dimensional minded to say something is not art. Everything is art. Art literally, in, in a lot of ways, not literally, but in a lot of ways, art can mean everything. And, or, or how I put it is like, art means way. And it's the way you do things and how you do it and how you master it, it really makes it happen. So for Roger Ebert to ever do a whole entire editorial blog about why video games is not art was ridiculous. I've read that and I was even more upset because it's just like you're you're turning your nose to a whole entire genre that is ever growing. Now, granted, when he did this, now let me see if I can find this. Because I, I gotta know the date of this. Um let me see. Roger Ebert. Video games. Wait, did he video game apology? Did he? Interesting. Interesting. There's something that says he's apologized here. Ah, there actually is Huffington Post, the Huff Post. Is it the Huffington Post or Huff Post? But let me see, because there is something, and I believe there's a quote that's saying that he apologize about video games i never knew this i was a fool for mentioning video games in the first place i would never express an opinion on a movie i haven't seen yet i declared as the axiom that video games can never be art i still believe this but i should never have said it okay he didn't really apologize <laughs> he didn't apologize okay so scratch that <laughs> what the hell what was the point 
<laughs> what's the point is some opinions should be kept to yourself he just didn't like to hear the backlash that's pretty much what that was no but he wrote a blog post that said video games can never be art and oh did they take that down no way there was a link that was supposed to go strictly to his uh post are they did they actually because i believe his website is still up and they're you know his felt no wait no way let me see if i can find it. this is interesting i gotta do some okay let me see okay here it is so he all right he did this or he did this blog article on his uh, website which is still up on rogerebert.com um he he wrote it on april 16th of 2010 and he expresses why this is not the case and which is funny here's the funny thing about this in the article he did something that i did he did exactly something that i did i i've mentioned this before i wrote a an essay an extra credit essay on how the similarities of art history and video game history is in the parallels of this because the evolution of video games is exact went on exactly the way the, the evolution of a lot of art from the paleolithic era onto the egyptian era onto the greco-roman era onto what we see now where it starts very simple and simplistic and now it's more elaborate and more detailed and, and more photorealistic it's done the same things and in this article in his blog article he uses references he uses a lot of references to that too but i don't understand why he thinks that video games is not art in his way which is it's just totally ridiculous and now we're at this stage where they're creating series based on these video games the same way that they make movies based on novels based on comic books you know based on whatever they made a movie which created an art form or a tv series that created an art form that is called acting we got all these awesome shows that have come out and movies that have come out with oscar-winning and award-winning actors that are portraying these roles written by video game writers or writers in general like these writers in video games are the same a lot of them are the same writers that write for actual tv shows a lot of these directors are now Gemma de toro now puts his thing into video games because he sees a medium in that where he can be creative as well because he is an artist and now we got the last of us we got the last of us that has won eight emmys that is a multiple award-winning series i wish he was still alive to see this i wish he was still alive to see how wrong he was and how the world has evolved around him and the sad part is we he will never see that if there's actual a thing of spirits or whatever like that maybe if that exists if that's real if that's a thing yes but this man will never see what we all knew and that is video games is not only art but is it's evolutionary it is revolutionary it is ever-changing ever ever evolving
and it is damn sure art in the same format as movies in any form of Hollywood production. Because now we're seeing all that. Like, you can't tell me that you're watching Spider-Man, the video game, and seeing the story of what they're doing in that game, but you you can't compare that to the, to the movie because the writing and storytelling and character development is exactly the same. Difference is you have control of the characters involved, which makes it immersive. I just wish. Can we at least make a hologram of him? <laughs> An AI version of him? Cause I, I, I just like, geez, that backhand apology. Oh, that, that, that was, that was brilliant. That was, that was, that was such a backhand apology. Well, why would you apologize? if that but kudos to the to the, kudos to everybody involved in that show that show was phenomenal i'm looking forward to the second season because it's absolutely coming and um man I, I i love it i absolutely love it that was that was the highlight of yesterday you know aside from me check going to this uh book reading of vivian too <laughs> that was really kind of the highlight of the night for me knowing that they um they won not only just won but won so many awards and the right people won well, not all the right people won, but you know, no discredit for for the main characters. But I really, I really wanted Nick Offerman to get that award. I really wanted him to like he he committed like nobody has ever committed before with a role like transitioning from a comedic actor to what he did in there, and it's such a serious role. It was awesome. It was fantastic. It was, oh, I was already a fan of him alone, but like, I'm, he, he, he's, he's next level to me. He's already next level to me. Like, give that man more, give that man more roles after this, man. It's, it's just for real. All right. Let's talk about something else that I've been wanting to talk about for quite some time. Um, we talked about this before involving Cobra Kai as they're going to their final season. I'm so glad that they're able to end this season. This was one of the best things in the last few years um, to happen. This is a, this is a show that has no business being that this good and entertaining. But you know, this is like the Fast and the Furious to be in a lot of ways because you know, The Karate Kid is a legendary film and film series, but it has its tropes, and there's a lot to be said that like this this movie could have easily gone straight to dvd type of you know direction but it didn't because it's a time-honored classic now but cobra kai has really taken the intellectual property of karate kid and ran with it in such a great way and i will tell you this if you're a pro wrestling fan you should be watching cobra kai because the writing that like all the twists and turns of cobra kai is like perfectly pro wrestling at this point but that's not what I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about and discuss is that with the final season coming, question is, who's coming, who from the old films is coming back for the final season? Now, if you've been watching, we have literally, and this is a rarity, like Scott Pilgrim takes off. It's like one of the second, you know, ser um, you know series based on a movie, based on a comic or based on the movie more or less because the movie had all the actors but it was one of the 
it was with the second series that i've seen that had everybody literally everybody from the original movie come back to reprise the role because usually when this stuff happens and they try to do some type of a comeback project they don't get everybody somebody's always left out like marvel's what if they got a lot of the actors to reprise their roles you know for certain superheroes but not everybody like Robert Downey Jr. did not come back to play Tony Stark. They got the guy who does the voice of Tony of Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark from the uh, from Earth's Mightiest Heroes and Avengers Assemble. They got him to do it. And Chris Evans didn't come back. But every like Haley Atwell, Chris Helmsworth, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, like all like there's a lot of people who actually did come back, but not everybody comes back. Scott Pilgrim takes off. Everybody came back. In Cobra Kai, they have gotten every major important character, and, and, even, and even some sub characters from the original movies, even all the way up to three. They've gotten every single major character come back to reprise their role and be something very special in, in this crazy, crazy, crazy journey that we've seen in this so far. So, the only one that is actually missing out was the next Karate Kid. Which technically is Karate Kid Part 4. The one movie that did not involve Ralph Macchio and uh and um Daniel. And Hilary Swank was the main character of that. And I've said it last, I've said it when I reviewed the last season. She has to come back in some form or fashion. Even if it's just like a cameo appearance or whatever like that, she has to come back. They've collected every single infinity stone except for one at this point getting hillary swank on air would complete the whole entire thing they would have collected all the gems so the question is is she coming back are they actually going to bring her back somebody you know one of many people have asked you know the people involved about her because it just seems inevitable that this has to happen i don't care how much money they gotta pay her I don't know what she's been doing now, but get her back. Just if even if just for a just like a scene, get her back. Like it just it'll just be complete. But the final season of Cobra Kai is set to bring in a familiar face from the film series. A post from X by Cobra Kai creator John Horowitz replies to a fan who asks whether Hillary Swank would appear in the final season john said in the post i can't make promises the hawk or any <laughs> i can't promise the hawk or any oscar winners in this photo because the photo showed hillary swank with mr miyagi i will never give potential spoilers but rest assured we'll have at least one character from the karate kid series return that has not appeared in cobra kai yet there is nobody else left. I can't, I, I, I can't for the life of me. Remember, any other important character that would matter coming back other than her, unless it was like her, whatever bad guy she was going up against back then, because she did have her own antagonist at the time on her own. But I don't see that happening. I, it has to be her. It absolutely has to be her bring her back in some form of fashion i you just got it i mean they literally got everybody back from the show 
it is amazing how they this was one this was one of the things that made cobra kai so awesome was they were able to get every single per they even got daniel's uh, daniel's um you know girlfriend from japan <laughs> to come back they got her to come back as he went back to japan like how the they how they were able casting is not an easy thing folks casting is not an easy thing and these guys maybe through netflix budget i don't know were able to acquire everybody i can't tell you how hard that is to do you know and, and, and even under the fact that like they managed to get like most of um the original Cobra Kai members, especially one of them because they passed away, but they managed to get him before he actually died. And that was, that was pretty awesome because we got to see him one more time um, for, I believe he died of cancer. I, I Don't quote me on it, but they, I mean, they literally got everybody on the show. So please, Hillary Swank, come back. <laughs> if not, you don't have to do a fight scene if you don't want to, you know, we don't want you to do another million dollar princess situation. If you watch previous episodes, there was other people who already did million dollar princess. <laughs> but come back. It just makes it, it, it just, it completes the whole thing. And trust me, I am ready to re binge everything. Like once, once this last season is complete, I want to go back and just watch the karate kid series and then watch Cobra, which it's so hilarious because I believe I'm I believe I'm correct on this. Cobra Kai came about because of how I met your mother. There was that one episode where Barney refused to believe that Johnny was the bad guy, was the antagonist of the uh of the movie. And he actually had a valid reason to say that Daniel was the actual bad guy. And it gave and, and those two actually appeared on the show. And it um well Johnny did actually. And it just led to this open debate online back then about who was the real bad guy. Was it Johnny or was it Daniel? And that was the pretty much the genesis of Cobra of the Cobra Kai series based off of that. So when we go back and look at the popularity of how I met your mother, we can't leave out the idea that they were they were they they generated the idea of cobra kai from that one episode so pretty awesome it is pretty awesome and it's another reason why neil patrick harris is so due <laughs> okay so uh we'll see man i'm I'll, fingers crossed but this is the year we're going to celebrate a journey with cobra kai i cannot wait it's been awesome they generated some great characters some great actors coming out of this we got blue beetle because of this show too mind you so uh, it's, it's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. All right. I'm sure you guys have heard of the story. This is a very funny story. Well, it's funny if you're not Christopher Nolan, but I'm a, I'm a Peloton writer. I own Peloton. My wife and I, you know, use Peloton because, you know, especially for during the pandemic, but we had it before the pandemic and the pandemic came and it was like, thank goodness we got this, but we got it around that time and because i'm a biker I, I not a motorcycle biker but I, I you know ride bikes um you know especially during the spring into the summer because i do like you know from 13 to even 60 mile um you know rides every so often so when i'm during off season i'm riding pelotons or i ride peloton during days that i'm not biking and i i've 
become accustomed to a lot of the extractors and all the stuff and peloton has become a powerhouse in the world of fitness um you know equipment and stuff like that um they were so much so like they're, they're they had competition that was trying to outdo them they couldn't beat them now you got oprah and gail coming on you know the peloton you got um blank 182 dude who's married to one of the kardashians and whatnot you know going in there like you got actual celebrities that are rather appearing lizzo uh you know that are actually appearing on this platform or are using the platform and there are a lot of celebrities that are actually using peloton still to this day um but one of which was christopher nolan and somehow some way he fell into a ride a, a pre-recorded ride with one of the instructors this instructor was named jen sherman she's she's pretty awesome pretty hardcore but pretty awesome like very hardcore um and in this ride that he just happened to take jen, unbeknownst to him coincidentally jen sherman starts to starts to talk about this was during what uh what is known as a like interval arms workout basically you're riding the spin bike but you're also doing weight workouts with um which actual like light weight dumbbells at the same time which i should start doing again i haven't done those in a while i've been doing other rides but this one he was doing a 30 minute interval in arms workout and while they were doing the the lightweight you know um the lightweight portion of it jen began to talk about you know well she basically what happened was she used music from the soundtrack of the movie known as tenant which uh if you guys remember that movie that movie uh i i saw that movie i want I, I wanted to support that movie because it starred john david washington in a christopher nolan film and also robert pattinson as well i guess i did watch a robert pattinson movie before um batman but and also had Aaron Taylor uh, Johnson on air as well. Really cool cast, but I will agree with her. There were some parts of it that was kind of confusing. And, you know, it was trying to be Inception, which is a great movie that Christopher Nolan did, along with the Batman trilogy. Inception was just so cool. Um, but he, he, he wanted to give it the Inception type of, you know, vibe to it. I don't think it panned out that way. There was some people who were a little bit confused. It wasn't his most successful movie, um, I will say. And um, you know, he, obviously, we know he, he he came back big time from that with Oppenheimer, <laughs> if you will. But she went on a bit of a rant about how she wasted most of her, you know, her time, her her uh, life watching this movie and trying to figure out what was going on unbeknownst to her that Christopher Nolan is a Peloton writer and during an award ceremony he was accepting an award and lo and behold he talks about the fact that he took this ride and you know with this particular ride and actually heard this rant and it threw him off <laughs> I thought it was like what are the chances what are the chances so which she didn't know that was that Christopher Nolan was going to eventually see it. And it, you know, what's really interesting is the fact that 
there are hundreds and hundreds of these rides they record new rides every single time they have a whole archive library you go even play rides that are all the way back at you know 2019 you know their archive way back then before pandemic if you will and just the fact that he just so happened to pinpoint that ride i want a part of me wonders if somebody actually told him one of his friends who also does peloton told him about it and he just happened to find that ride i'm wondering because it's just that's a it's a needle in a haystack to just absolutely find that ride and maybe i have to see the date of that ride if it was a recent ride which i was which uh it was said that it wasn't then maybe i could see that but i don't know it was just it's just really weird but the fact that he just so happened to be riding that ride and he she just happened to be in there and she's saying what she's saying but sherman went on social media to issue an apology i don't understand why i don't understand why she needed to do this but she needed she had maybe maybe peloton asked her to do this but she went on um social media to issue an apology but still standing by her lack of understanding of the film she did however express her love for Oppenheimer, which has received incredible reviews and is pretty sure his desk is getting awards is gotten awards as well it did actually get an award as well and is literally named the best uh movie of 2023 so you know she backpedaled a little bit no pun and you know it is what it is like i you know stand stand your ground man like it's still like i would he just like you know, I'm sorry. I just didn't understand the movie. Like, I love Oppenheimer. I love the Batman trilogy and all that stuff, but I just didn't understand Tenet. You know, it is what it is. Like, I don't think she needed to exactly apologize for that because that's just the way she feels. You're not a, like people. Part of being art is that not everybody's going to love your art. That's just fact. I, I've never seen anybody who even loves some of the most famous art. There are people who are just who will be contrarian and give contrarian, you know, thoughts about you know that but i don't know of anybody who's ever completely 100 had total love for a piece that they worked on some people are gonna hate it. it's just that she has a bigger platform to say that and you know it's unfortunate like the movie it was visually stunning but at the same time you're still trying to figure out what the hell is going on what's happening to that extent inception as complex as that was it was still an understandable movie to do that one it was like it was so much going on it was hard for you to really keep a direction of narrative in that case so i i understand what she's saying with that one as well so you know kudos to them i hopefully hope it'd be really cool if she does a ride and he all of a sudden surprises her that would be awesome that would be fantastic that would be because that's one of those things that now peloton has peloton has a lot of they are they have become such a powerhouse of a company like like i said before you they were they had competition especially all through the pandemic because everybody saw how popular peloton was getting so now everybody wanted to do their own commercials and it felt like the same director was directing all of the same commercials that pellet that they were doing for peloton because everybody was doing the commercials and trying to benefit and try they <coughs> they can never they cannot compete with peloton peloton has just it was it was one of the biggest wonders of the pandemic and it's still remaining as still people are dedicated riding that bike now i love that bike i, I really do love that bike we're about to get we're really going to invest in uh upgrading it pretty soon so 
you know if you were wondering about that 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 bike it is legit fun there's there's actually a video game simulator in there as well called lane breaker that i love very so often too and i ride in there too so i mean you can now actually watch netflix and hulu and uh, a whole bunch of things on there now why you know if you want to just bike for leisure time just to get stuff in but you want to watch stuff so i can watch anime or or movies or whatever while biking on that thing now so it's pretty it's pretty cool they've upgraded majorly with that so it is a worthy health investment if you want to jump on that but just don't buy it because it's a trendy thing to do because if you're not dedicated to it then it's no point you know what i mean like just 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 you know walk <laughs> just go walk in the street and just work out that way so all right moving on GameSpot graciously gave uh gave us a list of 20 movies that has turned 20 thought this was interesting um we're gonna go down this list i'm gonna tell you which ones i saw and which ones i did not see shrek 2 definitely saw that loved that that was awesome that was i love that movie that movie was so awesome i always loved the story of wreck um, i said wreck and uh, Shrek and the writers that put it together, that brought it together because they were former Disney, um, you know, st staff that just got tired of not being able to be creative. So they created Shrek. I love that story. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Ask uh, Azkaban. Never watched one Harry Potter or never. I, I want to say I never watched. I, I, I've never sat through one harry potter movie i just for some reason never i, I gotta feel i'm gonna be a majorly late bloomer to harry potter i just i'm just the wizardry thing i'm just not into as of yet um i feel like naruto is like harry potter but ninjas in a lot of ways in itself so um spider-man 2 is 20. at the time spider-man 2 among all the spider-mans um this is sam Raimi spider-mans 2 and i just watched that recently because i've been through all of the spider-man movies that movie still holds up maybe not visually perhaps um but story and like the doc ock fights the doc you know spider-man and doc ock fights the first time we ever got to see doc ock and spider-man in live action adaptation fighting and it really felt like the comic books were coming to life it really felt like they were coming out the panels um it just felt so legit like even if you watch the actual animated series of spider-man that involved doc ock you felt like this was a legit fight and Sam Raimi, this was one of Sam Raimi's best uh, at the time. I thought it was incredible. Speaking of incredible, The Incredibles actually premiered 20 years ago. Um, still probably one of my all, like my top five Pixar movies of all time. I, The Incredibles 1 and Incredibles 2, and um, along with Wreck-It Ralph, is one of my favorite deals i think soul is going to be in there as well like but the incredibles will always be it's such an awesome movie such a freaking awesome movie troy uh which is a movie i never saw day after tomorrow i think i saw once um day after tomorrow was a tom cruise movie i think it was based on a manga if you will if i'm correct but um yeah i think i only saw that once this is a movie i've seen many times and i got a story with this one kill bill volume two turns 20 i cannot believe this let me tell you my wife is not is really squeamish on stuff like this i don't know why she wanted to i think you know what's funny i gotta ask her if she if do we go to see um volume one 
I don't know if we actually went to go see volume one together, but we went to go see volume two together near her in-laws there near my in-laws um, area in, in Mannheim. And man, uh, let me tell you, she went in. My wife is, um, is, uh, Asian by way of Indian. She went in with her complexion. She came out of that theater pale white <laughs> because of certain situations in particular, the snatching the eye out of the socket seats. <laughs> she, I swear to goodness, she came out shaking after watching the events of kill bill 2 it just reminded me of a simpsons episode where one of the kids like came out of the theater or something like really sickly looking <laughs> white also um yeah she's i can never watch that movie around her ever again never because she just she cannot take she has a threshold of violence that she could only do but so much um almost to the point too there's some some things where she thinks is gonna happen she she kind of looks away and screams too so but kill bill 2 is my is is my ish for real um meet the falkers i never really watched that I, maybe i have i just didn't pay attention to it shark tale yeah it was the yeah it, it was it, it was just another cgi movie for me saw i never saw i never want to see i will never see saw so there I, uh, I robot on the other hand, I did see pretty dope at the time. National treasure. I never really had a, uh, fix for wanting to see that Van Helsing either. That was another one born supremacy. I did watch the, uh, the born series, but I'm not really as, you know, on it as other people are this one. However, dodgeball, a true underdog story, uh, classic cult, classic film Catwoman. I refuse to watch. I. To this day, I I've never watched Catwoman. I never had a desire to watch Catwoman. Even when I saw that Holly Berry was playing Catwoman in the trailer behind it, I knew this movie was going to be crap. Like I no, this was a car crash waiting to happen. Like this was F four level bad. Um, so I I know I, I I couldn't do it. Like that was you know what's funny? Catwoman, Holly Berry is the Catwoman, as George Clooney is the Batman and somehow they both survived out of that film <laughs> that which credit to george clooney he admitted that he he, he sucked at it and he said he, he there's not an amount of drugs that he would take <laughs> to ever play batman again even though he did kind of play bruce wayne on the flash which was just a fun little rib i love that absolutely love that um it was awesome it was fantastic how's moving castle classic uh that's a ghibli um anime movie just turned 20 anchorman legend of ron burgundy one of the greatest of all time one of the greatest of freaking all time anchorman is just ah uh, it will always be a classic comedy legend okay um everybody speaking of cult legends mean girls turns 20 and they're about to come out with that musical version that's coming out very soon and shauna the dead another great cult classic um turns 20 so i'm sure there are more out there but these are particularly ones that just stood out for them um there were some really good ones out there 20 years ago and it's good i can't wait for the next 20 to see what with oh god the next in fact the next 10 years we're gonna look back which is going to be all marvel movies anyway and be interested to see what we 
you know, look back in our memories of those times. I, I just hate when we look back at those times, like we look back at this list and I hate it. I hate it. And I've said this before. I've mentioned this before. I hate it when people try to change the narrative of what people thought of a movie. They will go online and say this movie sucked. It was the worst movie of all time. And I'm like, not from my vantage point, not from my memory. I went to this movie. People were excited. They got great box office numbers. People were entertained in the theater. There was, it was not quiet at all. And I know quiet because I went to go see Godzilla when Brian Cranston freaking died like 20 minutes into the film and people did not react to anything afterwards. I know a quiet film when I see it. I watched the last Fantastic Four movie. I know how I know how what quiet is. So trust me when I tell you, there are certain movies that were awesome at the time, and there are people who are trying to, you know, badmouth them and try to act like they weren't the best thing ever at the time, which is BS. I can't wait. Somebody's gonna say Endgame was the worst movie ever. Watch. Somebody's gonna stupidly say Endgame was the worst movie. I, I it's always one bitter, deprived, probably sexless. <laughs> kid or dude that is just going to come in and just be bitter and just want to throw shade at everybody's happiness for something and you know they're going to do it it, it, oh, it never fails never fails you know who also didn't fail segue into this one a 13 year old kid who for the first time ever the only human to ever beat tetris and the newscaster who threw shade at that monumental historical feat. So well, let's talk about that real quick. I know you guys, a lot of you guys have heard of this now. This is historical in so many ways. Historical. A 13 year old kid known as Willis Gibson, also known as Big Shotty or Big Scotty, I believe. Shock the world. It's on YouTube. You can see this. He played, he did a live stream of Tetris and he managed to do the unthinkable task of beating Tetris. He, he reached up to the dead screen and shut it down. You know how I'm trying to find words of how big that is. When people think about Tetris, they just think video game. Tetris is not a normal video game. Tetris is a reason. There's a reason why the KGB was trying to keep it in Russia. Tetris is more than just, it's a genius, methodical, cerebral game. We talk about chess being one of the most methodical games ever played. I will put Tetris in there any day because Tetris, you have to think. And then on top of that, you got to think fast. I mean, like you're forced to think fast on where you could go. And for the last 34 years, we all thought like Tetris really has no end. We always get to a certain point and then we, it goes too fast and then we can't think that fast and then it goes out with game over. But we have a lot of fun playing it and we keep playing it to see how far we can reach. But we never reached the pinnacle of it. Well, a 13 year old kid who wasn't even born when the damn game was created. He was not born when the Game Boy first premiered. He was not born 
when Nintendo first even came out with a video game console, period. Their channel kid beat this game. I can't tell you the genius of that because it, one, it requires hand-eye coordination. It requires you to be quick on your wit because it's going incredibly fast. The more that you try to, you know, get a Tetris and, and clear out uh, rows, it comes down faster. So your mindset has to work just as fast. I can't, you can't fathom the brain of this. Like he beat Tetris. He should be automatically a Mensa member because of that. Like. I don't think there are chess players who could beat Tetris. There's no freaking way. And the same thought, the same thought, you know, process for chess. You got it. You, you give it to Tetris as well. You really have to think of the right place to go to maneuver everything out. This kid's a genius. There's just no other way of saying it. In 34 years, no human has ever reached the kill screen. I believe they said that AI did it, but not a human. While the majority of the world embraced and celebrated this historical feat, and by the way, if you're a wrestling fan and watch a, uh, AEW Dynamite just this past episode, shout out to the dude. If you're listening, if you're listening to this show, shout out to the dude who not only shouted out, did a did a uh, sign shouting out and congratulating Big uh, Big Scotty. But I give him extra points because he wore a shirt, a red shirt that had the one of my favorite fighting games of all time, Eternal Champions from the Sega Genesis and the Sega CD. Kudos to that dude. I don't know who that dude was, but he 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 shouted out Big Scotty on AEW Dynamite this week. Shout out to that dude. He was awesome. He was freaking fantastic. Wait, no, it wasn't. I'm sorry, it wasn't Dynamite because I reviewed Dynamite. It didn't show. It was a uh, collision last uh, on Saturday, is where we saw it. So, shout out to that dude. He was awesome on so many levels there. So, um, while the majority of the world embraced and celebrated this historical feat, one broadcaster, one outdated-minded, one-dimensional-minded broadcaster decided to dismiss it, which tells about her intellect. Broadcaster Jane Secker of Sky News. First of all, Sky News. I know it sounds very closely to Skynet, but this sounds like a very evil bro, um, <laughs> media group right now. It just, it's something about it just sounds very villainous. <laughs> Sky News. It, it, I mean, it, it, like, is it, is it, you know, owned by Skynet? I don't know, but <laughs> judging by the fact of you got broadcasters like uh, Secker here, like, might be but she decided to you know talk about the the uh the historical feat that big scotty did and decided to make her own thoughts known about the grand achievement by saying as a mother i would just say step away from the screen go outside and get some fresh air beating tetris is not a life goal okay has she not lived in the last few years do you not understand that saying something like that is going to spark anger? I mean, people get angry for any reason, but in this case, in this very case, we're going to make an exception for the 
for this for the uh, social media. And I noticed I said the social media. Got him. But um, we're gonna give a we're gonna give an exception for social media here. It was warranted because saying stuff like that is so dismissive, and it just it 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 really exposes her intelligence to understand that game and why that it, it's not like beating mario brothers it's not like beating you know elden ring it's one of the oldest games that we've that's been out and it's still out right now it, the legacy of tetris will be forever but the game in the cerebral way that is designed is brilliantly like she does not understand she just her one-dimensional mind itself just think it's a video game but when you really play tetris and it, you can tell she's never played tetris she knows what tetris is but she's never actually played tetris you have to be smart enough to last a long time this kid beat the game which she's not seeing which she's not understanding is that there's a higher level of intelligence that it takes to beat that game you don't see the potential of what this kid's mind is you're the dumbass that's basically what you just exposed to us you have exposed that you are not smart enough to understand the level of intelligence that this kid have this is sat level this is Mensa level intelligence that he had to do in order to be able. This is some genius level shit that he had to do in order to beat this game. It's not like any other normal game that you play. This is a very thought out strategic game. And then you have to do so at a very fast pace. It doesn't it's superhuman she i mean she played herself majorly but then also she did an article praising this dart player or whatever like that like i thought that was just like her mindset was just so stupid it was just incredibly stupid it was insensitive it was exposing her intellect as well and there you have it i mean it's outdated it's back this outdated backhanded one-dimensional mindset comment sparked anger among social media and warrant very warranted i mind you what she failed to understand that tetris is a very methodical is is, is I, I i think is honestly i will go off and say that is even more methodical and strategic than chess i i i, I would challenge every chess player to try to go and try to play tetris and do what that dude what that kid did it can't be done this kid was one of the first people to ever do it. Will there ever be another one? We don't know. But let me tell you, had this been the 80s, I joked around with this with Boris on uh, the AEW review on a Sunday night's main event. In the 80s, like, if that was dude, if that dude was an adult, if that kid was an adult and he he did that in the 80s, he would be so famous. He'd be, he probably, yo, seriously, he would get a lot of trip. <laughs> he, because like back then when video games were like new 
to everybody back there so if they thought that you could actually play something what they felt was very complex back then like getting a high score and pack band or whatever like that you were considered like a big deal like the guy who like one you know who got the highest score like a record setting score on donkey kong like that dude got majorly famous from that like majorly popular probably had a few groupies if you will i mean hey just the 80s you know the level of interest during that time was you know it's very new very fresh what does it say but um my god it was uh this was a a an incredible incredible feat. like i he needs to get a guinness book of world record which i'm pretty sure he should do they really need to get this dude he needs to get a uh, guinness Re um world record for that he needs to be in smithsonian history <laughs> like this is like pretty big he needs to be highly celebrated for this and then he also i believe he should get a mensa membership because go guarantee you any of those super geniuses at mensa i guarantee you still wouldn't be able to um be tetris just wouldn't it, it just like this dude has done some incredible 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 shit. and congratulations to him so uh, all i gotta say is like people it's 2024 I thought that we were far removed from the times when parents and adults would stop the idea that you can't benefit a career in video games, even just playing video games. We got esports now. Um, we just had a movie in 2023 called Gran Turismo about a guy who played Gran Turismo and became an actual racer because of his knowledge of the game because they made a game built by God that can allow you to learn how to ride an actual NASCAR. And he is now a freaking NASCAR driver or a, or a race driver, period. Um, I don't know if he's NASCAR, but he's a race driver. We cannot, maybe the basis of it is just become more open-minded to the ideas of change in the world. Because what you think and there's a lot of things like, oh, I just went to a, a book sign, a book reading yesterday and a book signing yesterday of this financial um, guru, Vivian too, that my wife loves so much. And I had to get around the idea that the ambiance of this place was unlike any other book signings or anything that I've ever been to or, or financial, you know, seminars that I've been to. It was at a night, it was at a club. And it was a club atmosphere because they're catering to a Gen Z crowd and all this stuff. And they were just blasting like some of the most hardcore hip hop, you know, um, music to that of the demographics in there was like Gen Z to Gen X to boomers, the boomer uh, generation as well. Like there was a mixture of diverse dem demographics in there, but we were in this environment because her target audience is the Gen, you know, the Gen Z's and the millennials and whoever just are interested in learning how to invest money and in, in stuff like that so it was it took a while for me to get adjusted to the idea because it was just so weird to be and i'm used to being in banquet halls for stuff like this nah they they rocking out today with these things and it's to attract that younger audience and i was like yeah i, I you know i i see it it's hard for me to get used to because it caught me off guard but I have to, I accept that this is the way they do things today. This is how they produce shows. This is how they attract that target audience. 
we got to we just because we grow older doesn't mean we can't adapt if part of adapting is it's a choice you you choose to want to adapt to certain things and adapting to the idea that video games is a profitable type of uh format whether you're playing a game or designing a game or developing a game there is money to be made in that and yeah while it was not a life yes i'm sure it was not a life goal he didn't intend to beat that game the way he did he wasn't trying i don't think he was trying to he just beat it like he i don't think he was really aiming to get what he was trying to get out of this like Dude, shame on her shame on her for not being intelligent enough to understand how intelligent this kid is shame on her that's all i'm gonna say about that. folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're gonna take a break come back and we're gonna talk about echo and the possibly the possibility of what comes out of that which is in fact oh i said echo on my my amazon echo but we're going to talk about the uh, the canon of Daredevil and uh, everything that involves that series and what that means for the MCU going forward, starting with the new series. ACMG presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey, this is Brian Donovan, and you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Leave Hurricane! Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Fight! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and we're going to talk about the news that we got from Marvel Studios in regards to the future of Daredevil and Wilson Fisk, along with a lot of other characters that had come along with that. Now, in the recent trailer for Echo, which is coming out in less than 24 hours on Disney Plus, all five episodes will premiere. And we're also gonna see the appearance of Wilson Fisk because he's heavily involved with that character. If you guys remember from Hawkeye, um, we got to see the return of Wilson Fisk from there. And then shortly afterward, he's coming back. He's the main part of the, uh, the deal here, as well as Daredevil. Now, we saw Daredevil in She-Hulk. We saw Daredevil in Spider-Man Far From Home or No Way Home. And But the question is, they're the same actors from the show, but are they actually connected? Because what people remember when, when the Netflix series first came out, they were always connected to the, well, to the, uh, to the 616 MCU story. They were part of the Infinity Saga. They were the street level heroes. It was, it revolved around the Battle of New York, which was the events that happened in the first Avengers movie. Also, the Battle of 
Harlem, which was the Hulk versus Abomination in Harlem. Uh, if you watch Luke Cage, it you know they referenced that a lot of that from there. But then there was this conversation that they not only canceled, or there was a situation where they canceled all of the hit series of the shows, like that was Daredevil, that was um, Jessica Jones, that was Luke Cage, that was Iron Fist, and the Defenders. All that was canceled and removed from Netflix, and it blew people's mind because one, all these were highly successful series on Netflix. It, it, it broke Netflix at one point. Luke Cage at one point broke Netflix. Like people were all streaming, coming to stream those shows all at once. And people couldn't even get in to watch it because there was so many people watching at the same time. They, like they filled the server space at that point. It was a highly popular series. All of them were. Um, Jessica Jones was a very popular series. It got a Peabody Award as well for the series uh, that they did. Christian Ritter was just absolutely awesome there. Um, and the question was, all of a sudden, not only were they canceled, but they were saying that they were discontinuing their existence. I, I You know, I can't stand when they say that. And I feel like every time we've, this is not the first time we've heard that. Kevin Feige, at least that's what I think I hear. Kevin Feige went on to say like that wasn't connected or Marvel, somebody from somebody from Marvel Studios saying that it wasn't connected anymore. They said the same thing for um, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. They said the same thing about the Hulk or there was rumors or talks about the Hulk not being connected. But then we see later on in Inhumans, Inhumans was another one because it was considered a fail. But we learn later on in Marvel's in Captain America uh, Civil War, Thunderbolt Ross is back from the original Incredible Hulk movie, which told us that they did not give up on that movie. We saw it again in, what was it? Uh, Doctor Strange uh, Multiverse of Madness. The guy who played Black Bolt is the same actor who played Black Bolt in the Inhuman series that didn't live up to his understanding. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There's no way in hell. I don't care. People have tried to argue me with this for the last few days. And I'm telling them, and I did an entire, if you guys remember, I did an entire episode that you go back, go to talktomelive.com and find that episode. Just type in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Last year, I reviewed, because it was the 10 year anniversary of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I went back and watched every single episode, every single awesome episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and realized there's no way, no freaking way they can separate that show from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It le there is their connections to it all the way up to Infinity War. Like Graviton actually goes out to try to challenge Thanos. And that was during the time of Ragnarok and Infinity War. Like you, you, you can't, you just can't. There were people who agreed with me. There were other people who didn't agree with me, but there's those same people haven't watched the series at all since then. I have, it's still fresh in my head. And I'm telling you that you can watch this and see that they, cause then the other thing too, was that they were trying to 
say that like the timelines like no it really was i watched this they did not change the timelines of anybody the only thing that they did in terms of the timeline change which they covered up was saving salsa because if you can remember he agent salsa came from uh agent carter the, the agent carter series which again is another thing that they canceled but they also kind of you know closed you know Close the book on that one in a good way with Endgame. Um, Agent Carter, Agent Sosa died, but there was this, there was an episode, there was last season of Agent of Shield where they went back in time and they saved Agent Sosa, even though it made it seem like he was dead. They covered it up to make it seem like he was dead. They brought him to the future. Him and Quake ended up having a becoming a thing. And they end up traveling in space. They never went into a different timeline. Yes, Fitz and Simmons did talk about the multiverse and timelines, multiversal timelines, but they did not travel into those timelines. They still remained in the 616 timeline. They still remained in that timeline. They just acknowledged that there are different streams of timelines. They never changed. And they all still exist. The, the LMD of Agent of, of Coulson still exist he traveled around the world he might even bump into the white vision for god's sakes you know during vision quest we don't know it could happen colson lmd can come back at any time just like we can see vision when that time comes when vision quest come out like they if you guys don't know the patterns of marvel studios by now i don't know what to tell you but basically marvel studios will work on something they stop focusing on it People think that they forgot all about it. And then like years later, they bring it back as if it never left. Look back at every single thing and see who came back. In fact, I'll, I'll give it again. There is the book that I've reviewed a while back that I gave that I talked about a while back that I got last year. Um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe book, the official book timeline book. And they were talking about, there was people who also said that like, shield didn't doesn't exist anymore no shield exists it existed but it doesn't i mean it doesn't exist anymore like when they say it doesn't exist they're saying that like it never like they like like peter parker didn't exist anymore in, in no way home no it still exists it's still in the history books they existed they just disbanded <laughs> you know nick fury works for sword or whatever the hell it is now that they work for in the marvels like he works with the scrolls and all the stuff there. Like it's a whole new deal. Like Shield is no longer because it it disbanded, but it still exists in the history of the universe. There's no different timelines or anything about it. Agent Coulson still exists. They mention Coulson in future movies. So can we not do this? Can can people stop going online and just making up stuff just to be right? Because that's all it is. They, they're making up stuff just to be right thinking that you won't fact check them and luck and unfortunately for them they're talking to me who does this show who researches his own information and i have always proof of this one one of the biggest things that i had was that like it wasn't part of the timeline but in my hand right now is a replica from the from the movies in the tv series i have a replica shield badge because I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., damn it. Um, I have a replica S.H.I.E.L.D. badge from the actual Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series. 
now they give this to you in a box you know because if you ever bought any replicas from you know marvel studios they always give it to you in these really cool boxes in a presentation so this guy was trying to argue with me and i'm like and i'm showing this to him like like if this is if if they're out of the if if they're so out of the loop of the marvel cinematic universe then why and these are these are recent these are pretty recent you know deals that they did because they have the infinity like on the box is the actual infinity saga logo this logo wasn't created till after in-game when they started putting all together when they started selling all of the the um all of the movies together to you know for the infinity saga they came up with this logo this logo as a logo designer i keep track of this stuff by the way i am a logo designer i'm a graphic designer i'm a multimedia developer this is part of the stuff i i, I keep track of folks so this logo was designed and produced and premiered after all of the movies have been made they sold this replica using this box art of all of the stuff that's made which means this is a recent deal which means they still factor agents of shield in the marvel cinematic universe and particularly the entire infinity saga was a part of that okay so they still exist agents of shield still exist i don't think that they ever truly said that they they were not canon or they were not part of a storyline kevin feige says a lot of things and he's you, he's going on record in the past of saying a lot of things but i think a lot of the things that he says are taken out of context and they could be him being tongue-in-cheek with it and there's a lot of times throughout history you can watch the trailers in itself there's a lot of times that they come out with these trailers and they throw us off with some of the things that they talk about in these trailers we make this mistake all the time not me but we, i'm just saying we in general but we make this mistake all the time of always assuming that something is and then later on we find out that it isn't we thought blonsky was never going to be seen ever again he ended up in she hawk he ended up in um in, in shang chi like the whole hawk situation like everybody thought that the because everything that was going on behind the scenes with the hawk and you know hawk wasn't everybody's cup of tea which it was still a great success mind you because again if any of those movies in the first phase would have failed the entire thing the whole entire project would have been done we would not have gotten as far so it was critically acclaimed and it was a it was a uh it was mostly a loved movie like we've seen these guys later on they have still factored in by the way, I did not realize that like Mark Ruffalo was originally the pick that they were going to pick for the um, for the Hawk instead of Ed Norton. They only picked Ed Norton because he was like the more popular choice. But Mark Ruffalo was the original was uh, supposed to be originally casted as Bruce Banner. I didn't know that until I watched the uh, the, the Viceland uh, TV documentary, which I highly recommend everybody go see, go check out. It's a really awesome documentary about the first phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, it, it was awesome but guys you got to you got, you can't take anything marvel studios say with a grain of salt they're very strategic they're very secretive 
you, you you could really no more proof than going into imdb especially when the premiere when the release of a particular much anticipated movie comes out that they're making they won't put a damn thing on there because they don't want anything to be released they don't want anything to be spoiled or leaked or whatever like that they do for the most part they do a they do some of the best jobs not getting leaked i don't know how they do it but they do and anything that you see on a trailer can be very misleading because <laughs> then you watch the movie and then it's like totally totally different from what you saw on the trailer and i'll give an example civil war civil war at one point did not there were some scenes where spider-man was not on there and then all of a sudden they premiere spider-man and then you go in and watch the movie there's some familiar scenes that you see in the trailer but now it has spider-man in there so they, they they know what they're doing like i don't trust a damn thing so when they say agents of shield or i don't know who said that it's not canon when it actually like we go back to my my um episode talking about you know the 10 years of ages of shield and all the people that were in that show including samuel l jackson as nick fury um people from thor people from, like everybody was like a lot of people that were connected to the show was in this and there was a lot of connections leading up to infinity war it just you cannot say that this was not oh my, the, the ghost rider series the Ghost Rider series was heavily connected to not only Doctor Strange, but Doctor Strange uh, Multiverse of Madness because it had the Darkhold in that in that season. The Darkhold was a major part of the season and then Multiverse of Madness continued the whole entire story of the Darkhold. So yes, there is there's constant connections to all of this. So in going back into Daredevil and Fisk, I never understood why they felt that they wanted to separate that in the first place. And, and, and a lot of it was, I think a lot of it was too, maybe because they wanted to be a little bit lighter, but no, don't like it was a successful series. You want something different from that's what we loved about the MCU was that you got different things. You got a little bit more lighthearted, you know, storytelling and characters. You had gritty and, 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 and gruff storytelling from daredevil series and stuff like that and now we're going to see the continuation of that with echo that premieres tomorrow so they're still holding to that they're standing to that and daredevil reborn was supposed to be like a little bit more of a light-hearted version of that it almost like it was said it was supposed to be like a hawkeye type of vibe to it no they're going back dark <laughs> they're going back dark and tomorrow we're supposed to see it tomorrow Echo is supposed to be the first TVMA series from Marvel Studios because you guys remember, even though Daredevil at the time was, it was connected to the deal, they didn't consider Marvel Studios for some reason. But now this is gonna be the first MA, new MA series from, Mar from Disney Plus. And they're not holding back. And that's a great thing because they didn't hold back in Secret um, Invasion and all this stuff. And, in, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they didn't hold back in that. Why not hold back in this? It's supposed to be really, I'm looking forward to it. But the idea that Daredevil and Wilson Fisk are completely canon from the series, the whole entire Daredevil series is canon, and they did announce that officially, Marvel Studios announced that officially, that means everything within it is canon. That means the Punisher is canon. That means the Defenders are canon. Um, 
everything involved in that and i'm looking forward to that which means their connection to spider-man all in everything from that is in his connection is she-hulk all in you know and this is a great thing this is what we wanted this is what we loved about the marvel cinematic universe is that it all connected like and it, not only did it all connect it, but we get different flavors and different you know we get a collage of different type of storytelling from each of it so i am looking forward to this but the idea of this is major for future marvel projects um i you know and then we got the secret wars coming can we see the defenders make a comeback um can we see you know the defenders team up with moon knight you know what i mean like there's so many possibilities that could happen here echo is now and, and there's another thing too we the, the the thing with echo is that she is a character in the comics that people are familiar with if they read the comics and she's not really familiar with that of other people on a, that doesn't read the comics but guess what neither was guardians of the galaxy at some point every people knew who iron man was but we also knew that iron man was like a second rate character in the marvel comic universe and uh man that what an argument i had with that one like people just think because they're they're again remember there are two different types of marvel fans there are marvel cinematic universe fans and there are marvel comics fans but the marvel comics fans are also marvel cinematic universe fans so in a lot of ways marvel comics fans are more in the know in forms of fandom and those who are just fans of the marvel cinematic universe don't know the source material so often they automatically think that robert downey jr's tony stark has always been a main character that is not true i had the biggest debate and discussion about that and why this character was not in there were people who got mad about that i'm like it's true he was he was always a second tier character and thank goodness it took me to find that viceland documentary about the marvel cinematic universe and even in their words in their words it stated taking a huge risk on a second tier character known as iron man my debate was done because if if you watch that if you watch that documentary it's not just i'm not the one i'm not just saying it but people in the industry tom mcfarland um some of the writers and, and people involved in the in the production of the movie to the production to the writing and, and storytelling of the comics they've all said iron man was never at the time a major character it was spider-man it was captain america it was the x-men back then <laughs> back then here's another here's the reason if you read the comic books do you know iron man was never a big character because there were two different Avengers. There was the main Avengers, which was like the East Coast Avengers or the Prime Avengers. And then there was the West Coast Avengers, which was like, I used to read that book. And that book was so, it was corny. But Iron Man led that one. And it was like a second tier Avengers group with Wonder Man and Tigra and Iron Man. And it was, it was not up to par with the main Avengers group. Like that was just that was literally it's like if you watch if you watch wrestling it's like aew wrestling is like dynamite and then there's rampage or to some extent collision but 
the West Coast Avengers was like a B-League team. It was absolutely a B-League team. So, I mean, it was kind of like what they did with the X-Men to some extent. They, there was Gold League and there was the Blue Team. The Blue Team was actually the main squad. That was the, that was the team that Jim Lee used to draw. The gold one was like Storm led that one and the other X-Men were a part of and Colossus and all that. And every once in a while they would all come together, but they would take care of two different missions at the time to try to separate the two together. And then every once in a while they all come together. Um, but yeah, like, dude, like Tony Stark was not that dude. So we've seen characters that we've never seen before. And I, again, the Guardians of the Galaxy is the biggest example of that where nobody thought or knew that they were going to be as popular as they did james gunn is the reason for that <laughs> james gunn is solely the reason why and 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 in his casting and their casting is the reason why that was such a successful thing because before that nobody outside of the comic book um fandom knew what the hell guardians of the galaxy was and those who did knew that like Really? They're making a movie based on them? <laughs> like, they're the most obscure, obscure, like, team in, in the Marvel Universe. Like, like, the other ones would be like Power Pack, <laughs> you know? But they managed to make it work, and, they, and it did. It worked well. So, before you just write off Echo as a main, as a major force and a character, think about the history of Marvel of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as well as the history of the comic book universe. And notice they brought some really low tier characters to life. I will give another example, Moon Knight. People love that Moon Knight series, but guess what? He was even less on a totem pole than, than Tony Stark. That character was very hard and complex to figure out and understand, but they made this character a very likable character in the marvel cinematic universe he was very well loved um and they managed to make him a household name people love and oscar isaac gets full credit for that but in the comics he's like a very least favorite character he's a cult like character at best so but they now he's like he's also a household name in this whole thing so you guys got to chill out. Ooh, excuse me. Ah, excuse me. Um, you guys got to really chill out and think about think before you say, because Echo could absolutely be an awesome character. And I also, I also think she is. I just think there, you know, there's that adolescent fanboy hate that's going out there. And honestly, you know, all those, all those guys, especially those one, those people who keep saying MCU or using the term MCU. I'm wondering, like, what is your dating life? Like, what is your dating status like? Like, I can't imagine any woman of intelligence and confidence and conviction really dating somebody with that mindset. I feel like anybody who used these derogatory, derogatory terms and always just trying to throw shade at any female lead, I wonder how many times they got turned down by a woman to the point that they're starting to bash these women or just not give them a chance to do. I, I really think that that's what it comes down to. You got to look at the person. What did these, what did these women do to them 
<laughs> to get them to start like trying to you know support whatever it is they do you know what i'm saying like it just it, it there has i guarantee you, there is a psychological connection to any of that i guarantee you but the good news is we got all these people in now and i'm looking forward to the next part of the future of the mcu and see where it goes from there so echo is coming out tomorrow and i'm ready for this and i'm also ready because i'm going to review that next week that's going to be my full review next week but folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live i hope you guys enjoyed this episode in every episode which you can find on talktimelive.com that is where all of our audio episodes and video exclusive interviews can be found very easy simple for you to find all audio episodes you can find we have a search engine you can find particular episodes like the agents of shield episode that i mentioned uh, you can go in here, type it in agents of shield, boom, right there. You can check, you can check out audio versions of the interviews that I've done. Just type in talk to them live exclusive or just exclusives. It'll pop up. You can listen to that and enjoy it, you know, at work on the road, whatever. But we do have the video versions of a lot of those interviews as well right now. And there's two. So, uh, go ahead and enjoy it there. Plus blog information uh some content on there some media content with panels that i did there's a lot of if you're a fan of all things anime comics movies and games you're gonna want to go to talktomlive.com and check it out there you will not be disappointed and it's free so enjoy all of that there but if you also would like to never miss a episode and never miss a beat and get a down instantly downloaded we are on spotify iHeartRadio, apple podcast google podcast stitcher Podbean uh tune in audible you name it we are everywhere where podcasts are played so just type in acmg presents talk time live on there you can also follow me on instagram at dexavier underscore josiah as well as threads um we have a facebook group a small village from the from the big village that we had that was hacked into um but our village there is acmg I'm sorry, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG2 because one has been hacked and I could never get that back. So thanks to Meta. But you could go on air if you are legit. We would love to have you. We would love for you to enjoy us as um, a village, a community that just wants to enjoy our favorite fandoms with each other. And also, even if you're in Philly and you want to join this group, you know, we can absolutely get together on and, and you know and uh see and see each other in a row we've already done it once we used to do it all the time in the old facebook group but now we got a chance to do it again recently with when we went to go see the marvels but now we got new things going around barcade is in the area so we want to check that out as well too so you know get ready that's all coming to this move so we're, we're we're coming back you know as much as possible but you know i know i know facebook is the least place that people want to go to now but you know we do have a safe space in my area so again facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash acmg2 and just come on show us your fandom enjoy it we'll you know, have great discussions with each other and all the stuff and non-toxic mind you so there you have it so this week i said i was going to interview i was going to definitely review echo so next um next week that will be the review episode for that for that time select start will be back as well and i have my first game of 2024 which is a game for 2023 and that is grandizer the feast of the wolf i've wanted to check this game out because it's based on an 
old classic anime series and uh wanted to see how they were doing the presentation there's a familiar um a, a little bit of familiar uh familiarity if i can say that <laughs> about this game like it reminds me of another game that i played an import game that i played not too long ago but we're going to check that out and i'll give my full review of that one see if there's something that you i think this is going to be more of a anime fan type of game like it's not it's this game that's not going to be for everybody but that's the first game i'm going to re review and talk about this week on select start the uh talk time life extra podcast that i just focus on video games in general talk about whatever's next from there so thank you guys again and um here we go we're in 2024 let's see what it goes for us and see what new everything that we're gonna have guests all that stuff we'll find it out this year for sure so stay tuned for that and much much more but that'll do it for me though by on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out there take care and you guys have a great week Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.